0: in the ancient days, donkeys were used to transport royalty. And by transporting royalty, see, you don't use a donkey to go into war. You can't go into war with a stubborn spirit. You go into a war with horses. Anywhere in the Bible, you always note that whenever they go to war, they don't take a donkey. They, because, see, the donkey represents royalty. The, most time, people, when kings go to battle, they send their army out first. The king don't go to battle why is he stays behind so he tells them now he said not only uh, uh um get the ass uh, uh uh then he also says to to get a coat bring the coat so there's two things going on here you would think that why bring the coat that that coat represent or is a symbol of that 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 spirit uh that that nature of man that has not been introduced to the circular world or is not part of that world nature. So he sends for those two things because he's, he's having to do something. He, he has to, he's having to ride, go through, and, and ride as royalty, uh, as a king, but he's facing some oppositions. Now, the next thing is, it says in verse 3, and he says, And if any man say ought unto you, you should say, The Lord has need of him, and straightway he will send them. Whenever the Lord brings forth a a, a command, we have to understand that when you hear the voice of God, you will fulfill the command of God. Because there are many voices speaking, but when God speaks, even though some strangers was coming up to this man and say, My father has need of your ass and your coat. There was no 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 uh, argument. There was no confusion. He they he released them immediately so that it could be in Jesus' care. Slow down, Brenda. Now, verse four says this. Verse four in Saint Matthew chapter twenty-one. He says all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, "Tell ye." Verse five, "Tell ye the daughters of Zion." Behold, thy king cometh unto thee meek, and sitteth upon an ass, and a colt the fowl of an ass. What's happening here is a fulfillment of Old Testament. If we go to the book of Zechariah, and keep your place in St. Matthew 21, if we go to Zechariah chapter number 9, we will see the fulfillment of the New Testament prophecy. See, things that are spoken in the Old Testament will come to pass in the New Testament. And that's why everything had to be mapped out. Christ was fulfilling the prophecy of 480 years ago that was spoken at that time. It was 480 years at the time Jesus was getting ready to go into Jerusalem, that place of peace, to face death. the the prophecy had been 480 years by then you would think well that prophecy was not going to come to pass however god's way is not our way amen his way is not our way 480 years let's look at the prophecy in zechariah chapter 9 are we there zechariah chapter 9 verse number 9 it says rejoice greatly o daughter of zion Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold what thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly, and he's riding upon an ass and upon a coat, the fowl of an ass. So here it is, 480 years later, Christ is fulfilling the prophecy about himself. The the prophecy says that it's a king that's coming into Jerusalem. He's riding. He's coming. But he's also, not only is he coming with the ass and the coat, but he's also coming with salvation. See, when Christ, even though they did not understand Christ uh, because they referred to him as a prophet, the scriptures had already talked about who he was that it was royalty that they're going to see riding in, and this royalty was going to be one that will bring salvation. See, back in those days, they were looking, the people there, they were looking for someone to to help them come up under the bondage of the Roman government. They didn't understand uh, fully about Christ, that he was so misunderstood. That's why things that today, we don't really understand Christ the way we ought to, all right? Now, let's go back to St. Matthew, chapter number 21. I'm going to take my time. St. Matthew, chapter number 21. Hmm. St. Matthew, chapter number 21. Now, reading at verse number 6 in St. Matthew 21, it says, And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. He brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. Whenever Christ beckons us to come, we get to bring that old animal nature that we have. We have to bring it, and we have to be willing to open ourselves up to the new era, the, the new creation, the new creature that Christ will, br- will bring out of us. You see, that, that old animal spirit within us. That rebellious spirit within us has to be tied down. But once it's released, the only person that can to make the transition or transform the old into the new is Christ Jesus. The only way that we can come to Christ, we have to let go of that old nature. Got to let go of the old nature and take on the new nature. Now, verse 7 says, And he brought the ass and the coat, and he put on them their clothes, and they set thereon." Look at verse 8, Matthew 21. Verse uh, 8 says, And a very great multitude spreadeth their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and they strewed them in the way. And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. In the highest. Now, is it not interesting to note that the very ones that will celebrate you will also crucify you. They were celebrating him because they thought that he was a prophet that was the one that was going to come and deliver them from the Roman government. But what he did, what they did not understand, was that he did, he was coming, and then deliverance was to be there. But it was for salvation. See, we we could not uh, pay for our own sins. Uh, we had to have a savior. We had to have someone that would go in our place, stand in our stead, so we can be in back and right standing with God. See, when when Adam sold us out, and, and Adam and Eve, and they did all yeah, that they did. We could Then what happened was, is that they put us in a situation where that we needed a savior. We needed someone else's blood, someone else to stand in our stead. So, but here and now, they're celebrating them. They just knew that they had deliverance. They just knew they would no longer be under the bondage of the Roman government. So they were hollering, Hosanna, Hosanna. I mean, they were really celebrating. They were (laughs) really celebrating. I'm like, okay, God. Now, watch this in Matthew 27, verse number 20. Matthew 27. Because they were celebrating, right? They were celebrating. They were celebrating our deliverer was coming. Now, St. Matthew, chapter number 27. St. Matthew, verse 27. Get myself together here. Amen. Verse number 27. And... Verse number, let me see where I'm supposed to be. 20. Verse number 20. Right. Verse number 20 through 23. They were celebrating. They were celebrating that they had a king, somebody to rule over them that was going to bring deliverance. Now, uh, Matthew 27, verse 20 says, But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas, and destroy jesus what had happened here is they had brought jesus and and they had brought jesus to power and they wanted to destroy him because the people were following after him once they were following after him it's just like having a great leader if it wouldn't have a great leader you a great leader will have many followers and these people, they, they were following after Jesus, and they knew that something was going on, and the government did. So then, therefore, they would have to get rid of them. They had to do something. Now, he says they want have to release two people. That was Jesus, and that was Barabbas. Verse 21 says, The governor answered and said unto them, Whether the twine will." were ye that I release unto you. They said Barabbas. During the time of the Passover, they had to release a prisoner. So the governor is asking them, okay, who should I release? Should it be Barabbas or should it be this Jesus? And then verse 22 says, Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all said unto him, Let him be what? Let him be crucified. Did I tell you the same one that will celebrate you? Now this is the same multitude. They're hollering, crucify him, crucify him. I mean, I, I don't understand that. Now, I don't understand the, the, the philo- their philosophy. I don't understand our philosophy, how we can celebrate someone one moment and, cru- and crucify them the next moment. The crucify means to kill. Now, we can kill in more than one way. It doesn't take a gun to kill somebody. You can use your tongue and kill somebody. You can crucify someone by the things that we say. So now here it is the same multitude is saying, let him be crucified. And the governor said, what evil... Have he done? But they cried out the more saying, let him be crucified. Let him, let him be crucified. Let him be crucified. Now, it's a, it's a sad day when, when those that's with you, all of a sudden they turn against you and now they want to kill you, okay? It's a sad day. Now, let's go back to uh, St. Matthew chapter number 21, and we're not going to be before you long. Saint Matthew chapter number 21 verse number 12 verse 12 Now I want you to watch something here cuz this this is interesting this this is this is very 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 interesting okay Now Saint Matthew uh, chapter 21 verse 12 it says and Jesus went into the temple of God he cast out all of them that sold And bought in the temple. He overthrew the tables of the money changers. And the seats of them that sold doves. And verse 13 says. And he said unto them. It is written. My house shall be called the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. Let's go to St. Mark chapter 11. St. Mark, I found something very interesting here. Very interesting. St. Mark, chapter 11. Very interesting. St. Mark, chapter 11, verse number 11. And this is another reason why I'm so so adamant that whenever we're into praise and worship, or whenever we're doing anything for God, that we need to give God that that block of time, that block of time. Watch what happens here in verse number 11, in Mark chapter 11. It says, and Jesus entered into Jerusalem. He enters into a place of peace and into the temple. Now, we are the temple of God. We are the temple of God. He enters into a place of peace because, see, when Christ left, Christ said, peace I leave with you. So he he enters into that place that he has left. He said, in the world you won't find peace. He said, but in him you'll find peace. He said, peace I leave with you. So he enters in into a place of peace into the temple within you. Okay? Then he says, and when he had looked around about, about upon all things, and now the even time was come, He went out into Bethany with the twelve. Now, it says, when he had looked around. When he had looked around. Hmm. When he had looked around. Where is he looking around at? He's looking around on the inside of us. Because, see, we are the temple. He goes into that place. He goes within us. And he begins to look around. Oh and see what's going on in the inside of us. He looks around. Think about it now. Really think about it. We are the temple of God. We've We've been bought with a price. So God has every right to go up. He's already there. He has every right to go up into the temple and begin to check out and see what's going on in the inside of us. Now watch this. Now it says now, that at even time he goes out to bethany with the twelve now bethany means affliction now twelve is the divine purpose of god what he sees on the inside of us is not the divine purpose of god Y'all catch that what he sees on the inside of us is not the divine purpose of god this is why verse number twelve which i didn't put but we're going to read it verse twelve says and on the morrow, when they went come from Bethany, he was hungry. Now, the next day he didn't respond at that. It, he did not respond at that time at what he saw. He says, "It says on tomorrow," which means it really disturbed him what he saw on the inside of us. Now, look at verse number fifteen. Let's look at fifteen. 15 st mark chapter 11 verse 15 now what 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 does he see what what does he see now it says in verse 15 and they came or they come to jerusalem they come to a place of peace and jesus he goes into the temple again this is the second time he goes back in now now he's getting ready to do some work He's getting ready to do some work, okay, in us. He's getting ready to do some work. He said, he went into the temple and he began to cast out of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. Now, what is he talking about? Now, there, there's three things here that we want, we want to talk about. What, he, what does he see? And they represent something. The first thing we have to knowledge to before we see these three things is, he says that this temple is a house of prayer. Now, the word prayer there means worship. It's a place, this place, our temple, is a place of worship. But we do everything else in it except worship, right? It's a place where we commune with God. And that's why he got disturbed because he saw three things. First thing he, he saw the animals because um you have uh, Matthew, Mark and John that talks about this very uh, uh, uh situation here. Uh he sees the animals, he sees the um the merchants, those that are selling, and he sees the money changers. Now, what when you think about animals, when you when you think about animals and and, and they're in an uncontrolled environment, They run loose, right? I mean, they are literally crazy. They are uncontrollable, right? So what he first saw, what he sees is, he sees uh, uh, the spirit, the uncontrolled, thank you, Holy Spirit. He sees the uncontrolled thoughts that we have. Uncontrolled thoughts. When you think about animals in, in, in a... Can you imagine animals being in, a, in, in up in the house of God? I mean, this 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 building this morning. Can you imagine the cows and the oxen and the doves and everything in this building today? Now, do you not think it, uh, it's total chaos? Would it not be total chaos? If if you've got a bull up in here, you've got an oxen, and you've got doves flying everywhere. Now, do you not think that, that is, it will be chaotic in, in here, right? So what he first sees is our emotional thoughts. When he walks in, he sees our emotional thoughts. So what are we thinking that in, uh, that that impedes or that that disrupts disrupts the worship that's within the temple? I give you a prime example. Dr. Manley and I we've we've, we've started a, a, a meditation called mindfulness and meditation, and most of you know about it, and. And so normally you're supposed to be able to sit there and be in tune with who you are, your inner being. But every now and then, here come thoughts that interrupt, that does not want you to be in touch with yourself. See, once you're in touch with yourself, then you can get in touch with God. Because most people do not know who they are. Once they discover who they are, they don't have a problem being in worship. See, they, 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 these, these emotions, these, they, these thoughts, they interrupt our worship. And when you interrupt your worship, you lose the things that God has for you. Because what happens is in worship, you can get caught up and you can escape from this world, but w- only through the means of Christ. And so, so the first thing he sees is, I see them crazy thoughts you've got in my house of prayer. I see those crazy thoughts that you've got in my temple that ought not to be there. It's interrupting the worship. It's, it, it's interrupting what we were designed to be. We were designed to be a, a house of prayer. We were designed to be in worship and commune with God. And when we get all these outside thoughts and emotions, have you ever been praying and all of a sudden your mind go everywhere? Have you ever thought about what in the world going on? The enemy does not want us to be in touch with the master. Because, see, if we're seeking God for an answer, we can't get an answer if we get all kind of thoughts. Am I right? We we can't get an answer and And the next thing is he he ends up and uh he's talking about the the, the merchants, the ones that brought that stuff in and to to sale to be able to sell those 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 doves and 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 the uh oxens and all this stuff and he says to me that next thing is there are material anxieties, material anxieties. Have you ever thought about it you when 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 you're trying to be in commune with God, your thoughts are crazy, you're going everywhere. I call it jumping ship. <laughs> All right. But but yet we've got material anxieties. What are you talking about, material anxieties? We can be in a place and we still can be wondering, well, okay, God, how am I going to pay my bill next week? I'm short of money. Or uh, uh, I've got a situation going on, I don't know how to handle it. See, he he sees all these things going on. Now. Can we imagine the thoughts we have in our minds? That that interfere with worship, interfere with communion with God. All the how much anxiety are you carrying today? I came in this morning with some anxiety this morning. I came in with some. And 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 and, and, and when you have anxieties, your body gets out of whack. My sugar was up this morning. I it had been down for a while, you know. It was up, you know. My blood pressure was probably up too. <laughs> but anxieties, anxieties. And so God said that ought not to be in your mind, those anxieties, because it's interfering with the worship. It's interfering with the things that you and I are supposed to be doing together, the Lord and I, okay. And then he goes on to say and talk about these money changes. And see, some of those anxieties, some of them are not bad. I mean, some of them are justifiable. You know, some things we know we have to do. You know, but when it begins to interfere with our worship time with God, that means it is impeding, it's interrupting our, our time of communion with God. And this is the last thing that it says now. It says that the, he overturned the money changers. He overturned the tables of the money changers. He drives out something. He drives out the anxiety. He drives those back. But he overturns the tables of the money changers. He overturns that. Well, why does he overturn that? The beliefs. He reversed. He reversed what was there. Until we can reverse what's there, our beliefs. He had to uh, revert uh, reverse our, uh, our sense of value because, see, sometimes we have a wrong beliefs, our wrong values and we will put those things, because, see, think about the money changes had everything to do with money. How many people do we know, or even we ourselves, that at one point we were connected with God and we were caught up in God and then worship with God and all of a sudden money shows up. Uh, I got extra time on my job, and I I got this this debt I want to pay, or I've got this thing I want to buy. So what I do is I go hunting for the money, I go chasing after the dollar. Can I get amen? Am Am, am I, is the Holy Spirit right? And what do we do? We, we we remove ourselves from the the top priority, which is worship, and then we go chase the dollar. We forget about God that we then prayed and asked the Lord to give us that job. And once he does, all of a sudden, God becomes second nature. He's no longer the top priority in our life. So he had to reverse that belief. Because see, a lot of times the people, this is how they believe. The more money I make, the better off I'm going to be and more successful. Mm -mm. Money is not your source. God is. A little in God's hand is much. See, when, when we begin to, to put money as top priority, seven days a week, for what? What? Okay, I'm going to go here. I hadn't intended to go here, but I guess the Holy Spirit wants me to go here. It's like this. The more money you make, does it not seem like the more broke you are? You're still empty. You, you're without. Well, the book of Haggai tells us to consider our ways. Consider our ways. Well what is he talking about? He says, listen, you 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 work all week long, you 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 got this money, and it's just like you got holes in your pocket, your money disappears, it takes the Bible said riches will take wings and fly. Why? It says because we left God's house undone. The, the knees of God's house, the temple, the knees here, we have left those things uh, uh, undone and we're caught up doing everything else except what God told us to do. How God said, you got holes in your pocket, you done worked all week and you're like, where in the world is my money going? He says, consider your ways. What is your top priority? Is it God or is it money Or is it the things that we choose to have? Are are those things? But see, in spite of what Christ saw and and sees on the inside of us, the chaos in our minds, the chaos in our life, he still went to the cross. Now that is amazing. He still went to the cross. Even though he went, he looked, and he looked around on the inside of mankind, he looked on the inside of mankind, he still went to the cross, died, shed his blood, so that we could have eternal life. That's amazing. Even in the face of death. In the face of death. In the face of death. He saw what we did, he saw what we would do, He saw our future, he, he knew he knew everything about us, but he still went forward and gave up his life so we could live to live again in the face of death. Final question. Final question: What's in our temple? What thoughts are in our temple? And you wonder, thank you, Holy Spirit, the Bible says that he takes a a small cord and he beats them out of the temple. A small cord, small cord. Well, I'm like, Lord, what is that small cord? Normally you would think he gets a little rope and something, he drives them out the temple. You know what God says those small cords were? He said that's them trials and tribulations, hardships and and pain that he put us through in order to get rid of those chaotic thoughts and those things that we have in our mind. So he has to bring trials, he has to bring hardship, he has to bring pain, he has to bring suffering in order for us to get back to pure worship. Pure worship. Every time we set aside a time for God, check out how the enemy brings different distractions to keep you out of worship, to keep you from communing with God. That's amazing. That's, thank you, Holy Spirit. God says, that's awareness. That's awareness. We have to be aware of what's going on and why it's going on. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I said to you we would be short, and we are. We're not long. And we just, God says to put it there, uh, let it be straight, give it to him. And because it's, it's something to digest, it's something to digest.